This week on the Habs Forum, the uh, Montreal Canadiens have started uh, the, the regular season. But bad news, I don't think anyone told the Montreal Canadiens the season started because they're off to a four-game losing streak to start the year. Uh, it's uh, it's not looking good so far. Not a lot of positives to take from the first four games. Only three goals, as a matter of fact. So uh, we'll get into that, what changes need to happen, if we even think they they can turn this around at this this point. Because like, you can say it's early all you want. Like A four-game losing skid can affect you for the rest of the year. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into... Uh, all of that, they already started shuffling the lines and 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 all that. So we're going to talk about what we think about those uh, new changes. There was some press conferences today. Uh, Mark Bergman saying that he does want to come back as the GM. Uh, we found out, unfortunately, why Joel Edmondson is uh, has been missing time because his father has been uh, continuously battling uh, cancer, and it took unfortunately a turn for the worse. So now he's out indefinitely. Uh, he's back in uh, back home uh, to be with his family, which which is I mean we we wish him the best, but obviously a huge loss for the Canadians. We'll touch on all of that uh, on on the on the more positive note tomorrow, the first game ever for the uh, Lyon of the uh, Trois Rivières, the new ECHL uh, team for the for Montreal Canadiens organization. So we're going to be there. Uh, we're excited for that. I mean we're going to talk about the Rocket a bit too. I mean in a season like this, it's really the best time to support those. Those uh, minor league teams, it's a cheap ticket. It's a good time. Uh, like we're, We do it a lot. We recommend it. And when the Canadians are too depressing, just focus on the minor leagues. <laughs> and I really think that's, uh, that's the way to go. But uh, before we move to that, let's, let's start with the Canadians. So, Dustin, first game against Toronto. Like we talked about it last week. We both expected them to. We, we, we honestly, like Toronto didn't even come up that strong. It was a pretty boring first game of the regular season, considering all the like the stories and everything. But I mean, they lost. Not that big of a shock. But then five-one loss to the Sabers, completely embarrassing. I just, I just, I don't even know what to say about that performance, really. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's been it's been the the same theme basically for the four games. I mean. Yeah, like you said, we weren't ex- necessarily expecting big things from the Canadians in the first game. The Maple Leafs, obviously, were going to be up for a vengeance after we eliminated them. Um, the Canadians obviously got off to a great start. You know, first five minutes, they were on fire. They looked fantastic. Sure. Got off to a great start, too. Jonathan Drouin scoring the first goal. You know, I mean, basically a storybook start right there to the yeah. season for the Canadians. That's and true. I was so excited when Drouin scored that first yeah. goal. I was so excited, and I feel like I haven't felt that since. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a good first period. Uh, and then, I mean, that was basically the only period they've played. Uh, and, you know, I mean, basically a sign of things to come. We saw, I mean, they were down 2-1. to one. They had a chance to come back. They had a 5-on-3 for, I think, at least a minute 30. And that, again, was just a sign of things to come. They've been, I think, 0 for 13 so far on the power play. And it was all started that there. five on three, the worst five on three performance you've ever seen. Like, if you have a five on three for more than, like, let's say 30 to 45 seconds, it should pretty much be a guaranteed goal. It it, it, it's, 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 it's unacceptable. I mean, not only – it's not like – the, uh, like Jack Campbell stole some goals or like, it's not like anything like that happened, you know, like th- there were chances. I mean, there was that one block by um, Justin Hall, I think like one of the Leafs defensemen, I guess. Sure. But like barely any chances on that five. Months. Like it's just such a pathetic display. And I don't know, like, I love you, Jeff Petrie. Stop shooting from the point. I, is he being told to do this? It's a five on three. Like who does that? Like, of all my years watching hockey, when there's a five-on-three, like, you always see people, they, they, they work it down low to try to get the cross crease, try to get the goalie going left to right. No one's shooting from the point on a – I just – I don't understand. I don't understand. It was pathetic. And, like, you are right. It was a th- sign of things to come. I, I just don't understand what the, what the plan is there. Uh, yeah, pathetic. And, uh, and quite frankly, might – I mean, I think we could probably agree that that's been their best game so far this season. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Jesus. And, uh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, talking about Jeff Petrie, I mean, uh, how uh, he's been such an important player and, and probably the best player for the Canadians, maybe outside of Carey Price, obviously, in the playoffs last season. But, I mean, he's I, I mean, I think I think over the last two, if not three seasons, he's probably been the best player for the Canadians. 
wow, he has fell off a cliff so far this season. Yeah. Uh, like basically the rest of the team. I, I mean, I, d- I don't know that there's really too many positives that we can really talk about about the Canadians so far this season. But Jeff I mean, the Petrie only is, one I can think of is, I mean, Dwayne having two goals already is solid. Uh, and I mean, I, I've liked Anderson, honestly. Uh, he, he's shown a lot of energy. Like that line overall that line, has been yeah. has been probably the biggest positive. Not that they've been amazing or anything, but like they they're they're not they're not the problem. But the the defense is just is just not there. I mean, uh, Joel Edmondson is obviously a, a a huge loss, and specifically to Petrie, right? Because I think one of the big reasons Petrie had such an explosive year last year was because he was playing with Joel Edmondson, and and that just plus you take out Shea Weber, and it just affects the whole lineup t- top to bottom, and. I mean, they, they they continue putting out David Savard with with uh, Ben Sherratt for for some reason. I mean, they seem to be separated now. Well, hopefully that's going to stick. And it's just right away, right away you can see that it's, it wasn't working. I just I just don't know. There's no transition game on this team. There's just and, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even even the coaching staff. I mean, basically looks lost. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, and obviously Duchamp and and I think basically the whole coaching staff just recently signed a three year yeah. contract. So obviously he's not going anywhere. Anytime. And like, let, let's talk about that, because here's the thing. When Duchamp showed up and replaced Julien, it did not go well. Like, like, let, let, let's 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 forget for a second what was a magical run to the final. But the Canadians almost missed the playoffs. After after having a pretty strong start and seemingly were guaranteed to make the playoffs, and then they they just started falling off. It didn't get better under under Duchamp. And then came out. I mean, even though they did win the first game against Toronto, got down three one. And at that point, when they were down three one, we were starting to talk about like, is Duchamp really the guy for the job? And then all of a sudden, the, the team turned it on. Price with some magical performances. I mean, I don't necessarily think the run was a result of the adjustments made by the coaching staff. I, I just really think Price played out of his mind. We had some, let's be honest, some lucky bounces, but just a lot of heart and a lot of kind of like, it just felt like we were kind of the the, the, the Cinderella team of the season, the, 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 the team almost of destiny and all that. And it kind of gave Duchamp a new contract, right? Because there's no guarantee he would have gotten a new contract if they lose game five against the Leafs. Yeah, no, definitely not. You don't really and have I mean, any proof that Duchamp is that good of an NHL coach at this point. No, no, definitely not. I mean, uh, you know, uh, and let's not forget. I mean, the last time that we that we were this negative on the Habs forum was the the night that the Canadians went down 3-1 against the Maple Leafs. It's true. Uh, you know, it, it was basically the sky was falling. The, the the Canadians are done. Fire everybody. And look how that turned out. Hopefully that's going to be the case again. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is certainly, it, it really begs the question. If they would have lost in Game 5, yeah. maybe not even just Game 5, if they would have lost that series, period, yeah. is Duchamp still here? Is sure. even Bergevin still here? Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's and uh, Carey Price definitely. I mean, at least Duchamp probably. I, I have to think that because he really didn't have a very good regular season. If you Not take a look all. at, Not I mean, all. if you take a look at the record, it was it it really wasn't very good whatsoever. Um, so it it definitely is is a really valid question. Would he still have been around if uh, you know if if they didn't beat at least beat Toronto? And, and if you look at the Canadians over the last two years overall, like 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 let's go to pre-COVID, like that season when that got stopped was horrible. Like we we were we we were doing episodes kind of looking ahead at who the Canadians might be able to draft. We were talking about the the Lafreniere sweepstakes. That's what, that's all that's all we cared about. And then all of a sudden the season ends and because of COVID and then it comes back with the bubble. And because of the, the weird kind of bubble way of, of, of having the playoff format, the Canadians get in. But they, they weren't good that year. Like they had no business being in the playoffs. It was all because of that. And then they won a series against the Pens and they, they did seem like a team that does show up for the playoffs. Sure. Then last year, the regular season wasn't great either. I mean, like it started off strong at times and – you know, I mean, a lot has been said about the division. They definitely had Vancouver's number early in the year, which is a big reason why they even made the playoffs because they were just dominating them. They could have easily like got got like squeaked out of the playoffs at near the end. And then they go on a magical run. Like the outlier in all this in the last two years 
it's not them being bad. It's them being good. You know, they've been more bad than good. They just had a crazy stretch. Is is this more in line with what this team is? I think they're better than 0-4, but I don't think they're as good as standing up finalists either. You know, it's I, – I, I just I – just, I, I said it before the season, but I believe it even more. I don't see them making the playoffs at all, at all at this point. Yeah, it's 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 definitely hard to imagine them. I mean, obviously, again, it's only it's only four games, but you know, we t- we talked about it on the on last week's podcast before the first game. You know, they needed to to basic. You know, they they couldn't lose points for no reason. And yeah. quite frankly, I mean, they they really to start this season. I mean, aside from the game against Toronto, they really haven't had a very hard schedule. They've lost to the Sabres. No, I mean, they've been blown out by the Sabres and Sharks. The Rangers. I mean, I guess they're an okay team, but I mean, again, they're, they're playing the Rangers the first game at the Bell Center in See, that's the long, thing. 18 months. First game at the Bell Center in 18 months with a full crowd, it shouldn't matter who you're playing against. Yeah. The performance should be more than what it was. Like with And that game, like let's talk about that game. Finally, like Dwayne scores a beautiful goal. We're, we were watching the game at my place. We were hyped. Let's go. Tie game. It, what did that last? What like ten seconds before the Lafreniere scored the game-winning goal? That, that's that's the amount of joy we've had so far this year. It's, it's lasted about fifteen seconds total. Ah uh, man, I, I I know. And then you know, I mean, like, like you said, they they look basically looked dead the whole game. Nothing yeah. was really happening. Again, another boring game. It's been four oh terrible. So so, so I, I mean, yesterday second game where they have full capacity uh, at the Bell Center and already. I forget the exact number, but it was somewhere around 16,000. I mean, yeah. attendance is already suffering. It just, it just, I don't think a lot of, this team made it to the final last year, and I already think the fans are seeing are seeing what we're seeing, and it's it's just not looking good. I mean, look, everything wrong that can happen has, has happened to this team. I mean, look, like Price being away, the Edmondson situation, Shea Weber, I mean, that's, that's, like say what you want about those players individually. That's a huge amount uh, of first of all leadership, and then just like the the the, the top of the lineup really being being uh, being out right now. And on, on top of that, we've always this has always happened. It happened to Dallas. Like every time a team goes on a run, and like very often the the, the team that loses in the final end up having a poor season afterwards. I mean, it's, it, it can't just be a coincidence at this point. And it's just I think. The, the the one saving grace, the one thing that I am thinking about that, that that is such a relief for me, is that thankfully Bergevin had the foresight to top ten protect the pick uh, in the Dvorak trade. I mean, at the time I said that was the biggest like plus, the one thing that made me feel okay about the trade. And oh, imagine, just imagine, if that pick wasn't top ten protected right now, how horrible it would feel. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a good point. I mean, that that might end up being one of Bergevin's biggest moves is just yeah. to just to do that to protect that pick. Because, I mean, certainly, I mean, I'm not saying the Canadians are going to get the first overall pick, but right now it's definitely training in that top ten for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, you just got to look at what happened with the Sharks, right? When they made that trade to go get Eric Carlson, exactly. The pick that they traded ended up uh, ended up being, I, I believe, the fourth or fifth overall pick when they drafted Jake Sanderson. Yeah, it's happened, so. it's happened, it happened to the Leafs with the Kessel trade too. That's like we've true. seen it. We've seen it happen time and time again. And like it, it, as a fan, that's miserable. There is nothing worse than having a losing season where you're, you're a lottery team, but you can't even be excited about that because you're out, you don't have your pick that, that, that as a sports fan, I don't think there's anything worse you can go through. So uh, at least there's that now. Now watch them go on a winning streak and and end up with the eleventh pick and losing it, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, I mean they're, they're definitely not trending uh, trending towards that right now. They're uh, no. it's uh, no, it's it's been a it's been a disaster so far. I mean, uh, you know, on on a positive note though, it it really can't get much worse. You would think. No, it really. Um, can't. Well, ha- having said that. Kakinyami's coming into town tomorrow. Yeah, it's so. true. It's true. I mean, I felt that way yesterday, honestly, before the game. It was like, all right, been a rough start to the season. Can't get much worse. Got worse. Got got much worse. Uh, and yeah, imagine tomorrow Kakinyami has a huge game. Oof. And uh, I mean, that it would just, you know, that that's the theme the of how the season's know. gone. I mean, I guess. I mean, that's that's how the season's gone so far. I mean, it, just when you think it can't get much worse, it 
gets much much worse yeah no that's so, uh, that, that, that's the thing and the, the thing is like a lot i know a lot of people are gonna it's only four games it's early it's only four games you, you made that comment about like we were this negative when they were down three or one i mean sure, runs can happen sure but the, the thing is you have to understand like if you go on a four game losing streak regardless of when in the year it happens it greatly impacts your playoff hopes because like it's so tight we, when we talked about it we talked about how it would be like it'd be a tight race to the finish if they were in the playoff race. But the thing is, is they need to have at some point during the year now, a winning streak of at least four or five games to, to compensate for this four game losing streak. Right. And when's the last time the Canadians in the regular season went on that kind of a winning streak? I don't remember. Nope. No idea. <laughs> no idea. I don't, I don't think in the last two or three seasons they won more than, uh, than I think three games in a row. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could definitely be wrong about that, but um, no, I just, yeah, it, I, I can't remember the last time they went on a long, even last season. I don't think they, they went a long, long stretch without winning two games in a row. So, well, I mean, I guess they did win what eight games in a row in the play or no, seven games in a row in the playoffs, Yeah, in the playoffs, in the playoffs, but and, and 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 the thing is, and going into the year, I mean, I, I, my my expectations were pretty low. I mean, I I, I haven't thought they were going to be like I was talking about the fact that even during the playoffs last year that we should enjoy it while it lasts because there was a good chance we weren't making the playoffs the next year. Like I I think it was it was pretty obvious that it was going to be if everything went right, it would have been hard for them to make the playoffs and everything's going wrong. But the one thing I was really excited about for this year is to see the continued progression of the kids. Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield mainly, and man, they they watching the game against the Sharks, nothing was working for them. They, you could see them skating back to the bench, shoulders down. And if these if this losing continues, if this is going to be a year where we're fine, but please let it be that that they figure it out and they can have at least a good year that's good for their development. Like I I'm I'm just. I, I just want Cole uh, – Cole Caulfield, he came into last year with no pressure. He's having an amazing year in college, like, every, like he, he, in the World Juniors and everything. No pressure came in, big smile on his face, started scoring goals right away. Now he had all summer to go on message boards, to go on Twitter, to see the crazy fan base that I don't know he may, if he realized how crazy the fan base of the team that drafted it, it is – and seeing all the projections and people seeing him as a right away as a 30, 40 goal scorer from his first year, the pressure is there. And so far, he's had some chances, but man, I, I just want to see, start seeing it going in. So I don't, because I don't want this to become like a conversation, even though I'm literally on a podcast making it a conversation. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. So, I mean, that, that hopefully we can at least get that. I mean, certainly because, you know, if, if at least we can see some progression. But, it's, I mean, it's so frustrating. I mean, uh, we, we've talked about the defense. I mean, I think everybody knows how bad this defense is. But they've scored three goals in four games. Like, I don't know. I Like, I, if you take a look, at least the forward group on paper – how do these forward like to me on at least on paper it looks pretty good how can this I mean, team first of all don't goal? underrate the the importance of the transition game from your defense when it comes to offense i mean when it comes to scoring goals i think that that's that's a big thing i mean i think that the special teams have been pathetic i mean that that goes a long way you know a, any team that has no goals on the power play is, is going to end up being pretty low in in, in the rankings of, of overall goals right and and then and then it's down the middle, right? I mean, Dvorak hasn't looked bad, but then like right now the new lines they had at practice today had Metropeo on the third line and Jake Evans on the fourth line. I mean, it, it, that's not that shocking to see those two in in in, in lines three and four. Team's not scoring, and, and and then it's 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 like Suzuki has struggled so far this year, right? Like the, this team can't afford with its center depth to have Suzuki struggle. And that is a tremendous amount of pressure to have on someone who's still such a young player. But he is already such an important piece for this team. And if Suzuki's not going, then I t- like the, like what is this offense going to do without him? Like that's it there's such a like a big fall in in, in the center depth. I mean, Dvorak's been okay, but we can't rely on him to be like a top scorer for this team. Like he's not a number 1 center, let's be honest here. And if like if Suzuki doesn't find his game, it's it's going to be a long year. 
No, uh, for sure. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, it, I mean, Dvorak's been pretty good. He's, he's done his sort of job. I mean, obviously you'd like to see a little bit more offense from him though. I mean, that, that line has certainly been the top line, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that definitely, I mean, it, like you said, if Suzuki isn't going, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough season for sure. I mean, right now with the, with the lineups that we saw today, Matthew Pego on the third line center, that seems a little bit weird to me. Um, you got Jake Evans now, uh, actually, he was Jake Evans was rotating on the fourth line, if I'm not mistaken. With uh, yeah, with Brooke. Uh, with Brooke, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, wingers are Lekin and, and Armia. I mean, don't don't hate that as as a as a bottom line, obviously. But I mean, the the biggest change really is that Caulfield and Suzuki have already been separated. I mean, not not a horrible move from the coach. Uh, I mean, clearly, because here's the thing: when you have such young players as such a core piece of your team, you have to expect to go through some slumps during the season. It's going to happen, and it's, it's, it's that much harder when, when you're younger, you don't have that experience to, to, to keep it up over a full season. What is worrying to me is that the slump is to start the year. Yeah. We expect oh. those kids to be doing a bit better at first, and then the grind of the season becomes tough, and that comes with experience and all that. Like, I, I get that. Like, I was, I was expecting those two to go through some slumps, obviously, right? But for it to start like this, that, that just that, – that worries me. That's – uh, you you never you don't want to see it. You don't want to see a start this bad. No, exactly. And and I would say like especially for me, it, like you know, obviously he's a rookie Caulfield, but you know, it like talked about it on on last week's podcast. I you know I thought that we should probably temper expectations on on him a little bit. You know, particularly what I saw was like you just mentioned. He eventually, as the season wears on, he's not used to that grind of playing eighty two yeah. games. Um, you know, have especially been uh, being being playing in the in the NCAA. So I I wasn't expecting this at first. I was expecting it to be, you know, a little bit later in the second half of the season. He'd slow down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he has had his chances. I mean, I feel like Suzuki's been really like we haven't really seen him whatsoever. He's had maybe no. a flash or two. Caulfield, yeah. at I least mean, he's getting yeah, the Ca- shot. Caulfield but, could have a couple goals right now. He yeah. could. Um I mean, so, so it hasn't been a horror, but, and he is a rookie, so it is what it is, right? You know, there, there's going to be stretches like that, but Suzuki, there's been there's been nothing there. And like, here's the thing. We love Suzuki. He was phenomenal in the playoffs sometime during the last season, during the regular season, where we wouldn't quite see him as much. There would be stretches where he, he'd go through a bit of slumps, which is fine because because he, he's still young. But, like like I just said, to start the year that way, and now, like, the line that he, he, he he's on right now is surrounded by Hoffman and Gallagher and just – like I get it, I get why they're they're, they're shuffling the lines. Like you got to figure something out, but that just doesn't seem like a line that's gonna work to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about Hoffman. I I, I do kind of like Gallagher uh, playing with Suzuki. You know, I th- I think hopefully Gallagher can. Not that Gallagher's been that great, but I mean, we know he's a hard worker. Hopefully, he can get Suzuki yeah. out of his uh, out of his uh, sort of slump here. And he's I mean, essentially the captain right now, right? Like you yeah. got to think he's the loudest voice in the locker room. Like he, him and Petrie probably are probably the loudest voices in the in the locker room. Uh, you'd think. Uh, I mean, you, we saw the press conferences for both of them after the the the, the loss against the, against the Sharks, and you, you could you could tell Gallagher was fuming. You know, uh, like I I I just I just he was on at the I was at the gym when the press conferences were on. And you can just tell. Like I couldn't hear what he was saying at the time, but you could just tell he was fuming and. If anyone's going to carry this team out of the slump, I mean, leadership. This is where leadership comes into play. This is where you're really missing a guy like Shea Weber, and this is where we want to see Brendan Gallagher just kind of take that. And it, I mean, it's it's a it's a result of the game he's played. We don't need to talk about the fact that he might be a little overpaid, but like, like leadership now, like 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 he leads by example. Like we know that, but. So like putting him on the on the line with Suzuki, yeah, like I, I don't hate it. You're right, but Hoffman, I don't know. Like we only, we've only seen one game of Hoffman, and it was the San Jose game. So like, who, I have no idea what to expect from him at this point. Yeah, that seems like a weird one. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess maybe the thought process was they wanted really wanted to keep Caulfield and Toffoli together, um, yeah. but then I mean, playing you know playing 
beside Matthew Peru on the third line. I mean, that's obviously yeah. not going to be a really a recipe for success for them. I mean, I guess, you know, I'm, you're probably going to have Caulfield playing as much time as possible and to fully probably too on as much time as possible on the power play. So hopefully yeah. that, that can bust them out of their slump a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's, and, and I, I don't understand why they're moving. I, I mean, I understand that, Peru is probably a better offensive op- option than, than Evans. But to me, like Evans, and I guess he was hurt as well. Maybe that's no, why. I, I, I think that's what spot. it is. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, even Brooks, I mean, I, I think I would put him there on the third line instead of Peru. I mean, Peru really hasn't shown very much, at least for no, me. No, but I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if that's, like, once again, like, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to lean on the veterans a little bit to, to help them get out, get out of the slump, you know. Because uh, Peru does seem like the type of guy that is gonna kind of like be a, even though he's new, like have a voice in the locker room, and he, you know he's gonna he, he, Peru he's gonna put the effort up, like you know he's gonna put the effort up. So like maybe that's what their train of thought is, but and I I kind of agree with you. Like I'm wondering if Brooks would be a better move there, but then again, like like it's hard to judge players that only played one game and it was against San Jose because that, there was nothing to take from that game whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's four games. Uh, nothing Duchamp has done so far has worked. I, I don't know if he's if it's just, you know, trying to figure out and do anything that he possibly can to try to get them out of the slump. And Yeah, I mean, I do like the, yeah, the, the defense pairings. Like the defense yeah. pairings are what we were asking for, basically. So, I mean, that's a good sign. I but mean, it's four games too late. Well, not yeah. that it's too late, but it's four games later than it should yeah. have been. Um uh, because obviously what they what they've been doing hasn't been working, but uh, yeah, I mean I, I'm excited to see that. I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing what what these pairings can do. Um, you know, I I mean I think these pairings make a lot more sense. Romanov playing with Savard, Weidman playing with uh, Sharat, the guys that that should hopefully complement each other a little bit better. And I mean, you know, on on defense, I mean, it's really got to start with Petrie. Hopefully, he can step up his game because if not, if he continues to play like this, it's going to be a long season. Like that's the thing. It's like that that that's where like Edmondson being out is such a huge loss for the team because we saw it last year. Like at times, Edmondson was separated from Petrie, and Petrie's game went down. Right? Like he he's huge for 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 for, for Petrie, and and just like I know Kulak and Petrie have had some success in the past, but like they haven't had success necessarily as a duo. Like without Shea Weber to to, to yeah. take a lot of the big minutes, you know, like like you don't want to rely on Kulak to be on the ice for that much, you know. Like I'm I'm much more comfortable having Edmondson playing top pairing minutes than than Kulak. And then of course, like we understand the situation with Edmondson, and he, he can take all the time he needs. But it just an already thin blue line looks that much more thin. It's just it's just not enough on the blue line. It's just not enough. I mean, you look at it right now. Kulak, Petrie, Sherrod, Weidman, Romanov, Savard. I mean, that's just that's just not a blue line of a team that's going to win a lot of games. No, no, definitely. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, like you said. I mean, Edmondson. I, I never thought I'd miss Edmondson this much, but uh, definitely he he will be a welcome presence when he does come back. Uh, you know, Sammy Niku, I think he's getting closer to a return. Maybe he could yeah. be, obviously he's not going to be changing a whole lot for the Canadians, but, but he is a puck moving defenseman that, that could hopefully help them a little bit score, you know, score a little bit more goals, maybe help out on the power play as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, they need to figure something out. Hope anyway, at least I think it's a positive. They've, they've moved the, the, maybe not the lines. I don't necessarily agree with all the line changes, but at least the pairings have, have, have been changed around a little bit. And, you know, they, they at least, you know, we've talked about how they had a, a pretty easy schedule over the last week. They have some easy, well, yeah. Hopefully well, what should be easier games. Well, Car- Carolina is not an easy game. Carolina is no, a good not team. Carolina. But after after Carolina, it's it, it's it's D- Detroit at home, then Seattle, and th- then then that's the thing. Like if they don't win the next two games, at least one of the two, the, I I know these aren't tough teams, but it's still a four game West Coast road trip. You know, like it, it's it's still not the easiest thing. Uh, not that I want to give them any excuses at this point, but yeah, it's in Seattle, in San Jose again, in LA, and in Anaheim. I mean, n- n- all four of the, those teams are very, very beatable. Uh, but uh, I mean, you're on the you're on the road, so I mean, I, I I get it. But I don't know, like, how many wins does this team get by the end of the month? 
Like, like let, let, let's not go that far yet. Like, ne- next two games, does the Can- do, do the Canadians win one of the next two games at the Bell Center? Tomorrow against Carolina, Saturday against Detroit. I mean, they got to figure it out eventually. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 for me, I mean, winning against the Red Wings, especially. I mean, the Hurricanes are, are a good team. Uh, it's going to yeah. be tough to beat the Hurricanes, but you know, it if they also lose to the Red Wings and they're zero and six before heading out. You know, onto yeah. onto a four game road trip out west. Yeah. That's that's going to be that's might as well pack really it up for bad. the season if that happens. Yeah. If at least they can beat the Red Wings and you know sort of leave on a high note. Hopefully they can win two, if not three, games out of those four on the road. So you know, for me, I, I don't have massive high hopes yeah. against the Hurricanes, but hopefully they can at least yeah. beat Detroit. I, I, personally, like with the way this team has played so far. I, I don't see how you can expect them to to win against the Hurricanes. I mean, the Hurricanes have, have a really solid solid team, but Detroit it's it's unacceptable. But at the same time, I'd love for them to to, to come out with you know the fire in their eyes and ready to go and with a, with a bit of pride mainly, right? Like, but but it's the Hurricanes, man. They've started two zero, so first of all, it means they've played a lot less than Canadians half the games, you know, so they're more rested. It's just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not liking the hopes that they got to win against Detroit. But the one thing about the West Coast road trip, I mean, it is sometimes a good thing. Like when it's going really bad, especially when you play in a market like Montreal, having to leave and to go to the West Coast where you can kind of remove yourself from it a little bit, you don't have the media circus from following you around as much, could be a good thing for the team. But I think before long, we're going to be starting – are like predictions of who the Canadians might draft. I think I don't like I don't think the Canadians are obviously going to lose every single game, but I think we're going to quickly realize this is not a team that's going to make the playoffs and we need to focus on on kind of uh, it is what it is and it's 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 almost a transition year. Yeah, uh I mean yeah. It, it, it like uh, uh, honestly like that that's that's not a bad point. It it, it maybe it is going to be a good thing that they're heading out uh, heading out west this early on in the season when it's going this poorly. Um, but certainly, you know, I mean, if if they're already zero and four, like if they can't, you know, obviously you can't make the playoffs in the first in the first month of the season, but they can pretty much be eliminated already. Like if if they oh, 100%. lose, hundred percent. Know, and, and I mean, it could, they could lose like four out of the next six, six, five out of the next six. And then obviously if you're one and nine in the first 10 games, no. it, you might as well pack it in at that point. It's, it's, it's just not happening. And it's, it's not one and nine as a team that should have been like tearing it apart and just had a bad stretch. It's, it's, it's a team that was going to be on the bubble if they were going to have a chance uh, either way. So, uh, I mean, all I can say is just go watch some highlights of the playoffs, man. It was a good time, right? Let's just let's try to let's try to remember the good times. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's, uh, you know, at, at this point, you know, I mean, they they got to take it one game at a time, and exactly got to try to exactly exactly. You know, and try I, to, I, I what I want now is I want to see some some progression. I'd love for DeGuin to keep it up, and you know, like if if the Canadians because I didn't expect the Canadians to make the playoffs. If the, if the Canadians continue like this, they don't make the playoffs. But they like Dwayne has a good year. Caulfield you know, picks it up and starts. Be, being in the actual continues to be in the conversation for the for the Calder, you know, because he was the favorite going in. I don't know if the those numbers are still the same now. I, I just don't want this to be a completely wasted year, right? Uh, but it's just such a rough start to to start, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, maybe he, in a week we'll be talking about them being on a three game winning streak, and now it's uh, now it's now it's it's looking great. Uh, so uh, I mean, we don't want to be too doom and gloom, so. I guess uh, we'll move on with uh, with the news. I guess I already talked about the the Edmondson news we got today, but yeah, there was the press conference with uh, Mark Bergevin, uh, and I mean, he talked about obviously a lot of stuff, and he said like he doesn't want to change, you know, make a bunch of changes because of a losing streak. You know, doesn't want to overreact, which which is fair enough. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bergevin kind of expected this a little bit with Price out, with Weber out, and you know, he the fact that he did fight to top top ten protect that pick. And but all the talk is about how his contract is up at the end of this season. And now he specifically said, as far as I understand, it's the first time that he specifically said that he does want to come back as the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, but I mean at the same time, right? I mean, like, what what else is he going to say? I don't. I definitely don't want to be back. No, but like um, he can leave it more open. Like I feel like in the past he's he's addressed it like in a much more open ended way where he's been like. 
but we'll see what happens. Like I'm focused on the season right now or, or whatever, you know, like he, he's never, he's had this question asked to him before and he's never an- answered it so directly as he did today. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be obviously, you know, it's going to be interesting to follow during the year. Um, there have been rumors that he's been tied to the LA Kings. Um, yeah. So that, you know, that, that could be a possibility. And honestly, I mean, I, I, I think Bergevin would love to get, to get out of the spotlight. And, and I, I don't blame him. No, I mean, you can't, you can't blame him. Um, you know, and, and getting back to what you said about, you know, maybe they, they didn't like what they saw. I mean, he did, he did mention in the press conference that there were things in training camp that him and Duchamp saw that they didn't necessarily like. So maybe they aren't necessarily as surprised yeah. as, as, you know, maybe some people are, including myself, but, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, and, and then and there's been the, the rumors about Patrick Roy as well. I mean, uh, those always come up. And like, like part of me wonders, uh, like, are they real rumors or is it just that the French media can't help but bring him up as much as possible? You know, like, is, is there any real foundation to the mathematical? Like, I, I get why it gets talked about, but I mean, I'm not completely against the idea of him being the GM. I wouldn't want him as the coach, but like, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm fine with, with Bergeron, honestly, but at, at the same time, I, I saw some, because I was some, some people online were, were talking about how, they're just ready to move on from Bergman. It's 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 been a Bergman-led team for a decade at this point, and yes, they went on the finals run, but it's it's like it's been more of the same. And then, do we give him another go at it, or is it time to switch things around? Maybe find a GM that you know knows how to find puck-moving defensemen. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, you know, I I can really go either way. Like, you know, we just had a magical season, so maybe I'm a little you know, biased and like still remembering the good times that we had a few months ago. Um, so, you know, I can understand wanting to keep him, but on the other side, you know, people that are calling for his head, you know, I, I can get that too. I, I understand, you know, there, there's been needs we've been talking about since we started this podcast three or four years ago. I mean, we've been talking about the need for a puck movement defenseman and we haven't, got anything close to that really yeah um so you know he there's been needs that he obviously hasn't addressed has he made you know some really good moves absolutely um but you know there's been mistakes as well and at the end of the day you know yes we made it to a stanley cup final last season but uh you know aside from that there really haven't been great 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 results especially the last couple of seasons so yeah, and yeah, it's, it's like you know, they are set up for you know. It, it, here's the thing: it's like, it, like I said earlier, like the 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 playoff run was the outlier, and like the, let's not forget that they still have a great young core. There's there's some solid solid prospects coming up, and hey, if they add Shane Wright to all that, you know, it's gonna be looking even better. So you know, it's uh, it's it's it, it, like it's really the outlier was the playoff run. It was fun while it lasted, but I, I think the Canadians were all, always closer to be out of the playoffs than a finalist right and uh, it, it was it was it was a great run but and i just i, I just really think it's going to keep kind of going more or less like this it's going to get a bit better and we, we hope that the you know the kids turn it on we have some exciting games and all that but it's I just like do you have what, what's your hopes on the playoffs at this point because you know like there's these websites that do percentage chances of making the playoffs and all that and and actually today if you look at one of these websites they have montreal at 10.2 percent the second lowest team so they're the lowest team at 10.2%. Chicago at, is the second lowest team with 24.9%. Really? Like, wow. That's how low their percentage chances of making the playoffs are right now. Like, like, if, like you, how, like, you can't be like thinking they're going to make the playoffs at this point. Like, you can't be. No, I'm not. <laughs> if I had to bet on it, uh, I definitely wouldn't be betting on it. Um, yeah, you know, it uh, again, like, like I said before, you know, they, they got to take it one game at a time. And, and at this point, you know, you just got to hopefully find some positives in it. You know, if, if they're not winning, then at least we can hopefully see some, you know, some guys bust out of their slumps, you know, like obviously Suzuki Caulfield want to see Romanov hopefully progress as well. Um, you know, so even for some of the other guys like Dvorak, Hawaii, uh, Anderson, you know, they're, they're still on the younger side like yeah. to see them progress as well and just you know i mean they had so much momentum from the from the playoffs you know you hate to see them lose it all and then you know is this going to snowball into the next couple of seasons 
I mean, and then, I mean, who knows? I mean, Laval, you know, they have a really good team. There's a lot of good young players on that team as well. Maybe we can see them, see some of those guys at some point um, come up, you know, guys like Yelonen and Paling, you know, maybe they can step up at some point in the season. And, you know, you're, you're just hopefully trying to find the, the bright spots, right? Yeah, and no, for sure. And, and, and maybe this is just another example of us being incredibly wrong and they prove us wrong. And hey, if that's the case, I'll be happy to be wrong. I just absolutely <laughs> I'm just I'm just really not seeing it at uh, at this point. And, and anyways, enough of the negativity about uh, about the Habs. Uh, hopefully they give us at least some because like like if at least against San Jose, they lost five to three and like. Caulfield had two beautiful goals. And at least we'd have that to be excited about. But no, there's nothing. There's been nothing except to win the first game to be excited about. Anyways, so moving on. The, let's talk about the Lyon of Trois-Rivières starting tomorrow. I mean, we don't obviously know that much uh, about the team. We, we, I mean, you know the players, obviously. But we're not that familiar with a lot of those players. But it just... Like, we're going tomorrow. I, I don't know if any of our listeners are going to be going. I think it's... I, I'm, I'm so excited to, 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 to be going to this. It's just... It's just so great that the to have that like in the province now we have Laval we have Trois-Rivières as affordable good hockey tickets to go to. I can't wait to see what what type of show they put on tomorrow. Absolutely. I mean definitely looking forward to it for sure. Um you know I mean we've had a lot of a lot of fun the last couple of years going to see the Laval Rocket. Um Trois-Rivières obviously is a little bit further from Montreal so not somewhere we'll be uh, every every for week sure. but uh but no definitely it's it's very exciting. I mean I think it's definitely a great thing for the Habs organization. Some of their prospects that aren't necessarily going to get a lot of minutes with the Laval Rocket can be sent down there. Um, you know, two guys. I mean, you just got to look at Cam Hillis, who was a third rounder back in, I believe, 2017. You know, he's a guy that had so much promise when he was coming into the Laval Rocket, and you know, just because of all the depth the Rocket have, he hasn't really had the chance to have much playing time really whatsoever. He, uh, I think it was last, well, the last couple of days he got sent down to the Lions and, you know, he's probably going to be probably the first line center on, on the team. So it, it obviously offers some of those guys that can't necessarily make the, the AHL teams the chance to really continue to grow. Um, you know, uh, Arsen Kisamutanov as well. He's another guy that's, they got sent down to the rocket. I'm excited to see, or sent down from the rocket, excited to see what he can do. And, you know, I mean, if you want to see Quebec-born players, everybody else, I think, on the team essentially is a Quebec-born player yeah. except for those two. And, uh, you know, the the leading scorer last year in the queue, Cédric Desruisseau, I'm excited to see what he can do too. You know, he's he could be one of those stories like uh, David Dernay, who starts in the ECHL, claws for everything he gets and eventually makes his way up to the Rocket, eventually makes his way up to the Canadians. So, you know, I mean, obviously most of the guys on this team are, are going to be long shots to play with the Canadians one day, but uh, but you never know. And I'm, sh- you know, they're good. They should have a really solid team. They have two really good goaltenders, two guys that have played, uh, you know, played solid minutes in the AHL were, you know, mid mid round draft picks. Poulain has played in the NHL before, so they're going to have a really good team. They're going to be really exciting to watch, I think. And, you know, again, you just got to find the positives and, you know, might might not be too many positives with the Canadians, but at least we can get hopefully some positives with the Canadians organization. And I got to say, too, the ECHL has some fantastic logos. I mean, we, we love the, 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 the Lyon logo and then the they're playing the Newfoundland Growlers, which if I'm not mistaken, Toronto's ECHL team. Yeah. I love their logo too. It's like just like a dog and all that. I mean, what about those jerseys though? I feel like they had they did so good. The, I'm back on the Lions. They did so good with the, the logo. It looks so cool. Uh, it's got it's got like the fleur de lis going and everything too. And then the jerseys, they just I mean, they're not hideous, but they just look like practice jerseys. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like you said, I mean, that that logo, you could not have asked for a better logo. Like it's it's just beautiful. And yeah, definitely have to say that I'm pretty disappointed in the jersey. Like you said, I mean, it basically looks like a practice jersey. I'm Dude, not sure just add a few stripes, like at the bottom, like a few white stripes at the bottom or something, and it would make a huge difference. But yeah, it's just so that's... plain, you know. I don't know, and it's it's not that big of a deal, honestly. But but uh, the logo still saves it. I think that that logo is absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah, oh for sure. No, I, I can't say enough about that logo. It's beautiful. And uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, again, they should have a really, they should have a pretty solid team this year. 
really looking forward to it. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we'll see some uh, some of those guys like Kisamutanov, Deriso, and Hillis maybe make the NHL, uh, maybe make uh, the hat one day. That'd be great. That'd be great. If a few years down the line, we can kind of look back on on this episode and say that, like, well, we, we, we saw the first game with the Lions and X player got to play and now he's having his first game with the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, th- th- those are the types of stories you, you want to see. And, and having all three teams relatively close by makes it a lot easier to follow them. They'll be covered on RDS a ton. Uh, so... Like it's a lot. You you'll, we'll be able to follow the progression of these players, right? Which is it's going to make it that much more exciting when you see that guy who's been killing it in the ECHL makes it up to the AHL. Then maybe he's killing with the Rocket, and then he gets his shot. And then all of a sudden, that guy who has a great camp that you usually would think came out of nowhere, you're like, no, no, no. I've been following this guy for two years, you know. So it's it's so great to have that all within uh, our our general area. Like I know twelve years is not that close, but like Habs fans are not all exclusively in Montreal, right? They're all over the province, so. I, I, it's it's really a great addition to the organization. I can't wait to go see the game. Absolutely, and I mean, huge huge for Quebec uh, Quebec hockey too. I mean, uh, uh, absolutely, you know, it's, yeah. it's given so many so many young players the opportunity to to continue their career professionally exactly. and and in the Habs organization. So it's it's just a win 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 by exactly forever. because the the thing with the ECHL is like some people if they if they if they're at that point where they have to play in the ECHL they have to kind of ask themselves. Do I want to play in the ECHL, keep playing the ECHL, if it means I need to go play in, like, Florida or Newfoundland, but I'm from I'm from Quebec, and, like, do I really have a realistic shot at, at, at making it in the NHL? Like, you really have to consider those options when, when you're at that point in your career. But having having the team being more local, it makes that decision so much easier for these uh, for these players. And it's why you're seeing so many, like, home, so much homegrown talent going there and getting an opportunity. And it's just with the, with the reality of, 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 of the Canadians and how it's so important for so many fans to have like some, 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 some native, some, some like French speakers on the team, some, some Quebecois players, like however you feel about that, it's a reality of, of the, of the Montreal Canadians. So it's, it's always good to, to, to be there to, to produce that talent. And it's, it goes all the way to the coaching staff too, because it's the same thing there. And uh, you, you gotta, you gotta grow them with, from within, if that's what you're gonna, how you're going to hire people. No, no, exactly. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's not just the players. I mean, we know that, you know, it, it, it is a reality uh, and probably will continue to be a reality that the, that the Canadians got to have a French speaking GM, French speaking coach. And so it's, it's you know, it's going to be a pipeline, hopefully, for the coaches as well. Uh, obviously, Laval Rocket, Jean Francois Hull, the Lions, Eric Benanger getting a you know, former NHL or Eric Benanger getting his first chance uh, as a head coach in the professional ranks. So, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a pipeline, not just for players, but also for coaches. And of course, we'll we'll be talking like like we always talk about the the rocket. We'll we'll be keeping up with how they're doing, uh, in uh, in twelve years. I'm talking about it on 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 the podcast. So, uh, if 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 there's any players that you need to be aware of and all that, we'll obviously be covering it here. Uh, and then speaking of the the rocket, they've started their season. Unfortunately, already some uh, some injuries to talk about, but uh, I think it's going a bit better overall though for the rocket than it is for the Canadians. And not that that's very difficult. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, they're one and one. They only played two games so far against the Belleville Senators. Uh, got off to a great start in Laval. I mean, the, the crowd sold out. Crowd. The crowd was was absolutely crazy. Played a great a great game. Really, they they ended up winning that first game six to two. Uh, they unfortunately lost the second game. Uh, didn't go at quite as well in Belleville uh, the next night on uh, on the Saturday. Uh, they ended up losing that game five to two. Um, so I mean, you know, uh, definitely a couple of positives. Uh, unfortunately, like you said, I mean, the injury. Uh, Ryan Palin looks like he suffered a concussion, so that's definitely not what not what you want to see. I mean, we're hoping for a great season from him. He scored a really good game, a really good goal in the first game of the season. Um, you know, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, a lot of positives. Again, Michael Pazetta, a guy that was really impressive in camp and, and surprised a lot of people. He has four points so far in two games, so hopefully he can keep it up. Um, that, you know, Rafael Hervé Pinal, he only has one point so far in two games, but he's looked really good, you know, playing on a line basically with, uh, you know, most of the game he was playing with Yolon and, and Paling before he got hurt. Caden Primo. After, you know, a bit of a rough camp, he's got off to a good start. Um, so, you know, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's obviously a lot of positives. They're actually playing right now. Uh, they're playing against Manitoba. So hopefully they can pull out the win. And I mean, a lot of, I mean, so that, that's basically it for the Laval Rocket. I mean, a lot of prospects, though, 
have really been tearing it up, looking good for the Canadians. So, you know, the, the future is definitely bright, especially the Quebec-born players that we drafted last year. Uh, we got Joshua Wah, who is currently the league leader in the queue for points, 15 points in seven games. We got Riley Kinney, who was a second-round pick last year. He's got 12 points in seven games. He's fifth in the scoring in the queue. And Xavier Simeno, who was a sixth-rounder last year, he has uh, eight points in five games, so he's also in the top 20. So the Habs have two prospects in the top top five, three prospects in the top uh, 20 in scoring, so that's fantastic. And I also have to mention – and unbelievable stats for gold uh, goaltender we drafted in 2020, Jakob Dobes, who's actually been on the podcast before. He's allowed one goal in three games. Goals against average of 0.38, save percentage 986, and he actually even threw in an assist. What, so what, was first, he playing against the Montreal Canadiens, though? Uh, no, I, not, I don't think so. No, oh, I don't so there's other Ohio teams that can't State. score. It's not just the Canadiens? Okay. Exactly. So, uh, no, he's he's definitely off to a great start. I mean, his first three games in the NCAA. So he'll be uh, he'll he'll definitely be a prospect to follow. So while the Canadians might not be off to a great start, I mean, the, the future is still looking pretty bright. No, exactly. Exactly. If it keeps going like this in uh, in Montreal, just uh, just start focusing on the prospects. Right. You just start like, you know. Look, looking at how good the kids are doing. Look at how the, how good the the Lions are doing in Trois How good the Rocket is doing, and then we'll start looking at the top ten pro- prospects in the upcoming draft and how 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 they're looking. I, mean, I think that might be that segment might be making a comeback a bit sooner <laughs> than uh, than we expected. And uh, sure. I mean, last yeah. time we did it, the, 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 the COVID happened, and then all of a sudden they made the playoffs. And hopefully that doesn't happen again, and we don't have another reason to to shut down the the, the season and the Canadians for some reason make the playoffs when they they shouldn't be. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you want to look on the bright side too, actually, we got a comment uh, from one of our one of our followers, Kevin Rogers at ka rogers seventy seven on Twitter. If you want to look on the bright side, the Habs are getting one of their eight games losing streaks out of the way early, so maybe we don't have to deal with that again in January. I mean, it's definitely a good point. I mean, the last time they had eight game losing streaks, so they had two though, right? So, <laughs> so maybe maybe that's when it was. But yeah, no, it's a, that's a that's a that's a great comment. I mean, it's a it's a one way of. Uh, of uh of looking at it i mean one one uh one positive is that the canadians got their fourth loss before facing carolina so then you can't really use the cut kenyemi four finger meme but because if the fourth loss happened against carolina then 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 that would have been bad see there you go man there's there's plenty of positives for the canadians so far this season you just really got to look for them yeah, you really, really, really got to look for them. Uh, anyways, we, we 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 can always go back and uh, and 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 taunt the fans, tell them it was three one, and 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 look back on the finals run. That uh, that was a good time. But hey, hopefully there's a bit more positive to talk about next week. You know, all all I want, all I want between now and our next episode will probably be next Wednesday. So three games, maybe more than three goals for to talk about. You know, just give me that. Maybe we can double the goals for. Like maybe we can have six goals for in the next three games. That'd be that'd be insane. All right, so I think uh, I think that does it for uh, for this week's uh, episode. Hopefully, we weren't too uh, depressing and uh, you stayed on until the end when we're talking about a bit more positive things. But uh, as always, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.